Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. This is episode number 123, and my guest today is Carl Reeder, who's a functional movement coach and exercise physiologist from Cape Town in South Africa. Carl, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brenton. Thanks for having me. Now, your, your background is, uh, is more in the sort of medical side of things, but um, you've also got a lot of experience in uh, the more sort of functional movements for, for athletes and, and swimmers in particular. Can you give uh, the, the listeners just a bit of background on um, where, you got to, well, where you got to, you are today, and, um, and how you, you're sort of able to help uh, swimmers with uh, reducing the risk of injury and improving mobility and, and other things we're going to talk about today? Yeah. You know, having a background in, in, the, in the medical side and, and dealing with uh, actually rehabilitating swimmers' shoulders and, and their, their injuries and, and, and across the board when it comes to sports, uh, I kind of looked at the, the exercises we were doing and, and what we were prescribing to help the, the athletes and I realized that a lot of the methods and the exercises that were being prescribed weren't functional or resembling natural movements and we're actually putting the bodies in, in, a, in, a, in an awkward positions and so... I, I sort of moved away from the traditional conventional methods and started to really look at what are the, the body's natural and functional movements. And so what I do now is, is instead of just giving my, my athletes and my swimmers or even patients exercises, I teach them how to move correctly and functionally. And so that's, that's making a big difference. And it's, yeah, it saves a lot of pain, painful treatments. Yeah, I mean, I've you see you see a lot of shoulder issues, particularly for younger swimmers, but uh, it's certainly there for for adult swimmers as well. And I see it, you know, I, I work with all ages in clinics. We sort of started about twelve years of age up to I think the oldest person's been maybe in the eighties, um, but oh yeah, sure. all the way through. And you see just that uh, often that decline in uh, mobility, particularly through the shoulders. And for triathletes, who I, I coach a lot too, very, often very stiff through the. Um, through the shoulders, just from the running and the riding, and that's something I experienced myself when I started to do more of that too. And um, what yeah. um, what are a few examples of of what swimmers can do as as part of their warm ups and functional movements that can help them, um, I guess, better prepare for the training session, but also just reduce the the chance of injury. The thing is that the most important thing is that they've got to it's got to get their their posture right. So that's the work we do outside the pool. But in terms of warm-up exercise, it's all about positioning the body, again, posture. So when they're standing up on the side of the pool and they're warming up their shoulders, if they're standing just with their legs, you know, it's just their normal posture. If their posture is not right, then they actually can actually um, strain the shoulder or they don't get the optimal warm-up. So what I normally advise my swimmers to do is they, they've got to try to keep an upright, relaxed posture. We, we find with people, they tend to want to have this, uh, they're so scared of slouching, they go into this thing where they pull their shoulders back and they stick their chest out, which is the complete opposite extreme. So it's to really just get the guys into that upright, relaxed position and then to soften their knees. And what that does is it takes strain out the, the I don't know if, if your listeners are familiar with what they call the posterior chain. It's all the back muscles and mind, the fascia, which is the medical term for what I call like the body being cling wrapped. But you then then proceed into your stretches in that position. So you're actually have 
we've taken all the, the tension out of the body and allows the, the swimmers to to then start their warm-ups. And we can go on sort of warm-up exercises just now, but that, that would be the first thing is to actually position them correctly before they start warming up. Uh, that's good. I We sort of teach posture at the, at the start of our clinics where the uh, the posture you generally want in swimming is to swim tall and to swim proud. And it's exactly the same as that the upright, relaxed posture. But I like that I like yes. that phrasing. I like that term because when you watch when you watch really good swimmers, they're able to to essentially maintain that posture while staying really relaxed. And as as soon Correct. as a swimmer starts to to tense up, um, they're they're working against themselves in a way. So that's a uh, a very good phrase to to use. I like that and. Well, kind of uh, going on from from there, what a what would be say uh, you know one one exercise or one movement that people could just start to do before they swim to to then help them uh, get into that that process of of working on it. Well, you know, I, I call it the other shoulder swings. You, you, it's where you lift your arm up in front of you and rotate it behind you. And what we see swimmers tend to do is they tend to keep looking straight ahead. So they take their arm up while they're swinging their arm behind them and they keep looking straight ahead or they keep their upper body still to in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, an attempt to try to increase the shoulder mobility. But they've got to actually, as they're swinging their arm, it's really important to turn the upper body almost to 45 degrees. That keeps the shoulder and the body in a good plane. Um, and, and so you'll, it actually is a natural movement. Again, that's what, I, what I'm trying to bring across to the swimmers is you want to keep it as natural as possible, but also rotating that upper body left and right as you swing your left arm, as you swing your right arm, it actually improves thoracic, which is your upper back mobility, which again is important to be mobile or, or you know, to be functional. So we, we see that, just to, to go over that again, we see that a lot of swimmers, or especially beginner swimmers, tend to keep their upper body still while they swing their arm behind them to try and improve shoulder mobility. Mm. Yeah, that's uh, particularly from being desk bound, you know, a lot of the, the guys I coach, are, they, they work in an office, they're, they're sitting down all day and uh, yeah. that can really just tighten them up through their thoracic spine. So uh, with, uh, with, with that sort of exercise, where would you progress from there? I like to do the the shoulder press exercises, a nice warm-up, so with no weights. So, again, you're in, your, in the soft upright position, knees soft, and you're sort of punching up with uh, – if you can imagine doing a shoulder press like in gym, but not with your shoulders uh, – um, what's the word? To, directly to the side, slightly in front of you. So your elbows are slightly in front of your shoulders, and you're punching up towards the sky. And the most important thing there is that you look slightly upwards. We find with a lot of the guys, and, and we'll touch on that with the gym program, but when they're doing shoulder press exercises, again, they're looking straight ahead, and that causes a lot of strain in the, in the, um, in the upper neck and the, in the nerves that exit the, the neck. So just looking a little bit like 45 degrees up in front of you and then punching up and, up and down is maybe for 10 to 30 seconds just to get that, that rotator cuff and those shoulders to be more, more mobile. I'm, uh, I'm glad I haven't got a camera on this because I'm just going through this now as you're talking just to uh, yeah. go through it there. And uh, you mentioned um, sort of uh, in the emails before you jumped on the, the call, you have some videos for uh, for some of these exercises. I, I, I do, yeah. I've, I mean, I've got a few, especially for the squats and for the warm-up exercises, but I've, then I want to still going to make a video for that one. Yeah, cool. That'd be great. I think, uh, yeah, for the people who are listening, um, we'll I'll, I'll put this in the show notes, but a link to, to your site, Carl, so people can... Um, get get you know these plus a, a few more exercises to, yeah to um to to include because 
it's just um it's a really important part of of swimming and we we got about to go away in our how week camp which is over in thailand we run a a week-long swim camp over there and um, the first time i got got introduced to this more sort of functional movement was a couple of years ago when um the the coach over there he had the i think it was the the, the dutch uh physio uh the, the sorry the dutch swim team physio he had uh he took all of the the swimmers over in thailand through the basically it was, it was like a 40 minute functional movement training program now they sort of sure. sh- shortened it obviously not going to do that before every session but he took them through through this full program and then um, they basically took about a dozen of those to, to include in their warm-up. And then we started to include that as part of our warm-up, um, which was a little bit different than the, the very basic like arm swings and leg swings and that sort of thing that, uh, that we used to do. Yeah. Like just, um, you know, it obviously evolves over 10 and, and 20 Correct. years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so it's, it's quite different. It's a bit more controlled now and it's more um, a lot more functional. And, um, and that's really where it's all starting to to move so absolutely what um what sort of things do you see when when people start to include these types of exercises what what changes do you see happen and and, and what time frame does it t- uh, do we do you see them happening you know if it's done regularly you can see it in, the, in in you know two to three weeks we start to see big changes but it's it's again it's an holistic thing so we got it like if you're desk bound it's sort of counterproductive so that's a good instruction to the guys who do work is to really try and look at their posture, get them moving, because uh, that will slow down the the, the the results or the progressions. But yeah, generally two to three weeks, we start to see good results. And what about, uh, and when would you recommend doing them? Is it just before swimming or is it something that uh, the people should do at other times as well? Like waking up or uh, before bed? Like when would you think would be the optimum time to do this sort of stuff? Yeah, I, I did. I did when I when I wake up, and obviously before I, you know dynamic warm up stretches before I start my exercise programs. Um, but it doesn't have to be too long. I mean, you're not you're not trying to. The actual it's good. I mean, this is obviously your area, but just to get them in the pool or get the guys to you know if it's golf, get them doing a few golf swings. If it's if it's uh, you know soccer players, get them kicking a few balls. You can't really beat the actual natural action you're going to be performing as a warm up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's um, I mean we. We normally include theraband work before swimming, and I I just say five you know five if you do five minutes before every session, that's going to make Absolutely. a big difference compared to doing yeah. none. And everyone's got five minutes to uh to, to include that sort of stuff. So yeah, it doesn't certainly doesn't need to take long at all. And um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a sorry, sorry there's this whole I think there's a new th- yeah there's a thing where you can do also take like a kettlebell and you can apply strength training before you know your sessions as well as to really you know build up that strength and, and get the muscles activated um but that's you know that's getting more st- you know specific to the swimmer and and, and the needs and the, the, what he's trying to achieve and what about um uh, this kind of goes into it what about uh, gym or, or strength exercises and uh what sort of things can people change or do to to build up their strength um as you know as part of swimming because yes. we're not we're not looking to get bulky we're just looking to get to get strong um but also, yeah. I mean, it's really about functional strength when it comes to uh, to the strength training and and swimming together. So. Well, it's a great question, Brent. And I think the, the the number one functional sort of at the foundation of all functional movements is the squats, and that's something that I see uh, performed, in my opinion, uh, incorrectly very often. 
And so it's it's an area that, that that needs a lot of attention. And the benefits of squatting functionally have uh, I mean I can keep you here for two hours on that, but I won't. It's it's incredible for the lower back. It's for swimmers. It's it's a wonderful way of loosening up, especially your latissimus dorsi or lats. It it really helps to improve posture. So if you've got those desk bound um, swimmers, squats are for me fundamental to get right. And I'm I'm happy to share a few you know pointers or errors that the guys do tend to make when they squat. Yeah, what what would they be? Well, we've we've been taught with the squats to uh, is because so many people have hurt their backs to keep their backs straight. And so the first mistake or thing I find when guys are squatting is they've got this sort of uh, military uprights, you know, with a sort of a proud chest. And the other thing we find is they they're looking straight ahead. Uh, which you'll you'll find that when you the whole point of squatting is to actually go down and pick something off the ground or to bend. So by by actually getting into squat and to relax the upper back. So I'm not saying they must obviously they mustn't round their lower back, but we're finding that sort of whole proud stick the chest out, look straight ahead position actually switches off the the core muscles. So looking down about a meter in front of you, it's okay, the same when you're swimming. You'll notice when you're swimming, if your head's up, you actually, your core, it's difficult to contract the core. If you put your head down a little bit, you'll find the core switches on automatically. And it's the same principle with the squat. I think that's where I, uh, I've never really done squats much before because I've always had issues with my lower back in that, the kind of lowest, lowest point in the squat. Correct. And I think it's Correct. because I, I'm thinking, I, th- I think I look too far forwards when I do it and I'm, and I'm some, exactly what you're talking about. Just the chest out, shoulder, the scapula is really uh, retracted back. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So that's, uh, so that's the, the, the main mistake that you see people make. So that's the first, yeah, that's the, first. the second thing is their, their knees go too far forward. So we find that often the instruction is don't let your knees go past your toes. I always instruct the guys that that's, that's still too far forwards. We've got to let the knees just be in the midline of the foot. So what I call the soft knee position. So it's it's just keeping those knees relaxed. As they go down, people tend to then go, as they go down, they tend to let the knee go almost in line with the toes. And they think that's, they say, well, that's fine. My knees are not going past the toes, but that's still too far forward. You're going to find in that position, the quadriceps and the hamstrings are still going to dominate the movement. And even though they are uh, working in the in the squats, the, your power muscle is your your core, which is your abdominals, and your glutes got to fire. And um, so that's a big mistake I find. The other mis- another mistake people do is when they push up, they actually they stand up instead of push up, so they actually lift up from the lower back muscles instead of pushing through the ground, which activates the the core, the glutes, and the abdominal muscles. So there's, there's, there's quite a number of you know there's quite a number of mistakes that the guys make uh, with with the, the with the core and also if you've got postural problems or you're not in great posture squatting can be really difficult so it's important to realize you know that's part of the work that I do online is to help the guys identify where their restrictions are and how they can can reduce that or, or work around that. Yeah, what's the, uh, the the process that you would typically go through with a with an athlete? to to build up to that so let's say someone hasn't got the right uh posture or they you know there's a few things in place that would stop them from being able to squat properly where would you where would you start first what's the very first thing yeah well get them to just do it to to see to squat and feel where their limitations are where they might say they feel their hamstrings are tight or they feel their backs working or they, they don't feel their core or you know where they feel tension where they feel limitations 
and then we, we then go back. So often you'll find with people, especially desk bound, their hamstrings are tight. And the other muscle that takes a lot of strain is the hip flexors uh, in the front of the body. And so we work on work on releasing those through through doing specific exercises that help to release those muscles. And you'll you'll find with posture, especially the squat, uh, and I'm going uh, digressing a bit, but there's a big move now to with the myofascia, uh, the muscle that cling wrapping I was talking about, and also with uh, stretching. But when it comes to posture, if you actually if you actually get the right muscles firing in the right sequences, those muscles automatically release. And that's really encouraging for people who've been struggling with stretches for a long time because you, you get this foam rolling and it's quite painful. It's very effective. But it, there's, if you can, again, and I'm going on about this, if you can really get the muscles firing in the right sequences, those muscles can release quite quickly, which is very encouraging for swimmers and people who've been battling with flexibility issues. So you're saying that uh, in order to, to help just increase mobility and the flexibility of, of certain muscles, just being able to use them properly by by doing the squats, that's that's a big part of actually loosening them. Absolutely. I mean, it releases the lower back. I mean, uh, you'll find people who do lat stretches, they, they, they find their lats are tight and often there's one, one side stronger than the other side. You'll, you'll notice asymmetries in, in swimmers. But it's more than just asymmetries. It's, it's, you see, the thing with those... Um, the symmetries is they will say, well, your one side is weak, your other side is tight, you need to stretch the tight side, you need to strengthen the weak side. And that 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 does have benefits to it, but you're not addressing the, the actual symmetry. You're not actually addressing why is there symmetry in the first place. And so that's that's where we dig into to, to, to work out. Um, and that's because often they're, they're using the muscles in the wrong sequence or they, um, they're disconnected. Which is uh, which is a, which is one of the big causes of disconnected. Is actually, I don't know if it's in Australia quite popular, but here in South Africa, people tend to squeeze muscles or suck in muscles, or they bracing, and they're not actually connected to how their body is actually working. Mm. And we can we can go into that. Maybe a segue into core strengthening. Yeah, just just before we go into that, so you mean uh, so a lot of people will sort of um, as in like they use they use tape or they're they're wrapping muscles to um, to kind of move through their or to make sure that they don't sort of fall apart when doing exercises, but it's actually working against them. Is that what you mean? Yeah, well, those, those tapings to sort of is helping to try and activate those muscles. They're trying to stabilize the joints. But if you're in the wrong position, then you, you, you are, as you said, so in a good way, you put it well, you're working against it. You, you, you've got to position the body correctly for those muscles to automatically work. Yeah, gotcha. Now, uh, yeah, core strength. What what are some uh, some key things to to building core strength? Because it's uh, what we were doing fifteen years ago was your, your basic <laughs> sit ups, and uh, and it's it's certainly changed from there. So, what what are some of those key things that you like to to look for or teach when it comes to core strength? Well, I, I think maybe just a brief overview would be helpful for the audience. Is we had the whole move in Pilates where we had the sucking in of the drawing in the navel to the spine. Uh, there was research showing how, you know, getting that inner core muscle, the transverse abdominis to activate was, was you know, helpful. And then we've now moved in a sense, of some professionals have moved to this whole idea of bracing, where you, uh, you, you, you contract, voluntarily contract the muscles as hard as you can while you perform the action. My approach is that both those approaches are natural, but only in certain situations. So if you look at sucking in your tummy, that's natural if you've got to get into a tight pair of jeans 
or if you are literally running for the toilet, you know, you, that's a very natural action. But it's not a natural action for swimmers or for golfers or for sportsmen. It's, you've got to focus on so many other things than, than trying to draw in your navel to your spine. And the other thing is the bracing is, is a really natural action if you're going to take an impact. So if someone's going to punch you in the tummy or if you're going to um, take fall off a bike or if you're going to anticipate a heavy load. My only thing with bracing is the, the bracing is exactly that. It's bracing. So it's actually not facilitating movement. Um, and I think you shared this on one of your videos. And it was, as you said, in, if to increasing speed, you've got to be in an almost relaxed position and let the body sort of work, you know, functionally. I find with bracing, it's 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 it does it's it's although you, you you're in the right you are contracting the core muscles, you're sort of disconnected to what the arms and legs are doing. I hope that makes sense. Mm. So for me, it's really about teaching people to with core strength when you position the body in the right position, and this is where posture plays a major role. Your core should automatically respond, and it will respond according to the load. So. You know, when, you, when you're in that cast position, you have to pull back strong with the arm and get the lats working. The core should be firing then. But as you then roll, it's the next, it's the next stroke. There should be a bit of relaxation happening. And it's, it's kind of it's – so it's not a bracing the whole time. I, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's, uh, it's a, quite a difficult thing to, to teach because we, we do a lot of video analysis. And one major thing that, that I see with swimmers whose hips and legs are dropping is – there's this big arch in their, their lower back and there's not Correct. much alignment through the, the spine. And a, a lot of that to me is obviously the core's not working in the right way. It also can be, they can be tight through the hamstrings and hip flexors and, and so on. But uh, what, what would you, or how do you like to teach, I guess, engaging the, the core? Because it's, a, uh, it's quite a difficult one to, um, to explain. And, and also, I guess, um, to, to teach, really get them to, uh, to be able to use it in the right way where they're not wasting effort and energy by, by bracing the core and sucking it in. Because it's that fine line between um, engagement and relaxation. Well, so the, the, the engagement should be, as I said, automatic. And that's, so what I teach is, and this is out of the pool, obviously you're going to correct the technique in the pool, but out of the pool, squats are your number one core exercise. They are uh, not saying there aren't other exercises that challenge core, but just from a functional position. So if you are, if you squat correctly with a, with a, with a kettlebell, or just even if you're, if you're in your seventies, you will get absolutely, you'll get wonderful core workout. And the difference is in the olden days when you did the sit-ups, you would do like, you know, 200 sit-ups and you'd, you could barely breathe. I don't know if you remember like doing that and lifting your legs up in the air and you'd, you'd really feel the burn in the, in, the, the, in the core muscles. And that was kind of the whole sort of approach was, you know, get that burn. But when you work functionally, when you work the core functionally with the, with the glutes and the lats and the, the pecs and the hip flexors, everything working in a, in, a, in a beautiful sort of pattern, then you don't get that horrible, you don't get that burn in the core. So often my clients will say to me, I just don't, I don't feel my core working, but when I touch my muscles, it's rock hard. And when I'm swimming or if I'm playing or running, I just feel like my whole body's been powered by the core, but I don't really feel it. And I said, that's exactly what you want to feel. You don't want to feel this burn in the stomach. You're not isolating muscles. Yeah, that's that's a good distinction. I um, had someone email me about two weeks ago and they asked, um, they said, oh, look, I don't really, I don't really feel my core when I'm, when I'm swimming. And it's like, well, if, if, you, if you are feeling your core, then you're, you're tensing it way too much because um, that's, I mean, I, you, you might feel it if you're uh, doing back-to-back -back sprints or if you're doing 
like a you know a, a timed 200 or you know if you're really working you you might feel it a bit then but uh yeah. that, that's the thing it, it should just be switching on um to the to the point where it's just it's just working but it's it's not something that really stands out like you've done you've done 50 leg lifts or anything like that so um i'll, I'll give you a quick example here if you if i'm not sure are you sitting at a desk uh yes well i'm standing up but i can sit down so if, if you've got a desk in front of you, if you if you sit with this upright posture, so what I mean by that is you sort of got the proud chest, you're looking straight ahead, and, and you put your, your fist, you make a fist, and you put that on the desk, and you push your fist into the desk, you will, you'll tend to notice that your elbows and your arms and neck are doing the work. Yep. And now if you, if you just relax that upper back, so in other words, just drop the chest. I'm not suggesting you go into a slouch position, but just relax that upper back and now push down. You should notice the tummy automatically engage. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can feel that feel that difference. And you've probably got about you've probably got a couple people who are in the car who are, or at that desk who are trying to do the same thing as well. That's uh, that's interesting. And so, so if you if you and so what happens is if I say to you now, I want you not to push the arm into the desk, but just brace. You just like you make your tummy like really strong, or you brace there. You can see the disconnect. There's no there's no effort coming from your arm, yet your body is now bracing. And it's like if you were to pick up a pencil, you're bracing with all this energy, but the pencil weighs nothing. Where now, is, as you increase the pressure through the wrist, you'll know that the core will respond accordingly. And that's the same in any sport. It's it's this, you've got to learn how to get the core to adjust or, or respond according to the workload. So a big part of that, well, at least at least through that exercise, but I, I'd say also for swimming is is uh, keeping that good posture, but really relaxing through the back of the shoulders. Correct, and the upper thoracic spine. That that getting in, um, getting that getting that spine. And and what I do with swimmers is when they do the core exercises, and and it will, we can talk about it just now as well. The, the pulling and pushing exercises, because that's also really very good for. Your abdominal muscles actually are more efficient, work more efficiently in rotation uh, actually than doing simple flexion exercises. And you'll see that's how that works in, in, in that really well. I like uh, that. That's quite helpful because it's, um, it's, always, it's something that, we've, that I've always taught with, with swimming in terms of uh, you, you need good posture to be able to, to swim well. But finding, finding that right balance of of engaging the core, but not so much, not bracing. It's uh, that's really uh, really helpful. So I uh, yeah, I appreciate you you sharing that. That's that's excellent. And to I think you've made a pretty good point for uh, why I guess sort of talking about why you shouldn't you don't need to brace it and um, yeah, and, and why you should just let the core kind of do its thing. What what would be the argument that someone who believes it should really brace the core, particularly if you're squatting and that sort of thing, what would be the argument that they would make uh, against it? Against what I'm suggesting? Yeah. I think that if you're gonna be a bodybuilder and you're gonna be lifting like 100 kilograms and you've got a risk of, of injury uh, in the shoulder and you don't wanna hurt your shoulder, the, the idea is if you brace super hard like that, then you, you'll be able to protect those joints. But you know, for me as a functional, I'm not, I'm not designing, I'm not prescribing massive strength building exercises. I'm trying to improve mobility through joints and, and strength functional strength as opposed to again like i said lifting 100 kilograms over your head or something mm. yeah that's uh, that's good 
And then uh, there's, two, there's a few things. So, so sorry to interrupt you. There's a few things with the bracing that 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 that, that, that I would want to share. Number one is your diaphragm, your breathing muscle, is attached to your hip flexors. So when you brace, you kind of that whole those internal structural muscles they lock. So that doesn't facilitate good movement, and it actually, ironically, it doesn't produce good spinal mobility while you're trying to do the movement. The second thing with the bracing is most people don't know how to breathe, so they actually they kind of like hold their breath when they're bracing, and that so that's what we know that's not functional, especially for swimmers. You need to there's a the whole buoyancy uh, with the breathing with the buoyancy that plays a big role. And the other thing is, is to, it's one thing to brace for a few seconds to take an impact, but to brace over a long period of time, um, I can't prove this, but my, my, my logic and my sense is telling me it's not good for the, the intra-abdominal pressure on your organs and on your cardiovascular. So it'd be interesting to look at the, the, how the heart and blood pressure responds to bracing as well. Yeah, plus it's just a, it's a pretty tiring thing to do as well. And most <laughs> exactly. of the people who listen to the podcast are... Uh, a lot of them are doing swims that are at least over a, a kilometer long. So it's taking yeah, at least yeah, 10, 15, 20 minutes or more. So uh, oh, exactly. A, yeah, yeah, it's a long time to brace for. So um, with your, with your online program that you've, that you've got, what, what sort of, um, what, how does that work? What sort of structure does that follow? Like if, if someone was to, uh, to join, what, what would be the process that they go through to become, to become stronger to become more mobile and uh, eventually better swimmers. Because to me, it's such an important part of the stroke. And, and when we do testing, uh, as in mobility testing, there's quite often, I'd say there's probably a 75, 80% correlation from uh, sort of mobility to the, uh, to the speed of the, or, and, the, and the technique of the swimmer. Yeah. So the first thing is, is just to get them to look at I get them to send through what they're they're doing. So are they doing squats? Are they doing shoulder presses? What what? So what their exercise program looks like, and it's really helpful for me to, if they do if they can get a video of them doing it. So often from the side view, especially for the squats or the exercise they're doing, so I can actually look at their techniques. Uh, so for me, it's just really improving their techniques, or or, or even cutting out exercise and saying you know don't. Um, a lot of people doing lap pull downs, you know, with their arms behind them, or they're just not in the right position. And I will say to them, just get a video of yourself doing a lap pull down, or give me give me a video of you doing a push up, and and just changing the the position of the elbows and the arms, and that's that's and and they find that very beneficial because it's you know often it's these as you know it's these small one percent changes in the technique that makes all the difference. Yeah, definitely, and that I mean that's exactly what we do with our with our online coaching with our membership where people will uh, send in videos normally once a month and we'll make these small adjustments over time and i'll give them say you know one or two things to to adjust and um and it's just kind of adding up and and all these little things really make a difference where in the course of six 12 months 24 months they they really turn themselves into uh to, to really effective swimmers with their te- technique by just having someone who's got an eye for, for that stuff. Um, whereas, because the, the way I say it, like if I was to look at someone squatting or doing, you know, like a, a press or anything like that, I wouldn't know the nuances of it. But with technique, I've, I've looked at it for 12, well, closely for 12 years and, and really closely for about five years. And you can really see those little one percenters if you've got that trained eye. So I think having someone like yourself do that, it, uh, it can make a difference. And even, I'm just thinking like, I've never really done squats just because of my issues with the lower back. I think because of a couple of those things that you've mentioned. 
So uh, I think that's that's really helpful. So for those people listening, where's the best place to um, to get in touch with you and, and find out more about what you do? It's uh, go to callreadercoaching.co.za and that's call with a C. And I've got my, there's able to, you know, obviously read and learn more about me there on my website. I don't, I don't offer a membership as yet. It's something that I'd like to in the future with the videos. And, but I, I do offer 60 minute consultations. And again, like I, I like what you're saying, I, I don't necessarily need the people to be coming weekly, but just to come every two, three weeks. And we just, we just get them on their techniques. They go away, they practice it, they come back and we, and we take them to the next step. Fantastic. I'll make sure that, uh, they're on our website at effortlessswimming.com so people can uh, link to there. So that's that's a South African web address for uh, for those that are that are listening. Um, I think this the second South African we've had. I had a, a guy, Rory Buck, who's a swim coach from South Africa but living in uh, in Dubai. But uh, it's been great having you on. I appreciate you sharing all of that. I've got a, I've got a lot out of it, and it's uh, it's oh, something fantastic. that um, that I, that I think is super important for um, for athletes of of any age, particularly as we get older. You know, I'm I'm 31 now, but I feel like I'm about you know 50 with uh, just just picking my my two kids up and down and um, and just probably being at a desk a bit more than what I uh, I used to at the moment. So uh, just just making sure that I stay mobile, keep moving, and uh, and and maintain strength as well is uh, is really key. So thanks so much for joining me on the uh, the podcast. I think uh, it'd be good to do a maybe a YouTube video down the track as well, where uh, maybe we go through like a. Uh, a consult just like you're talking just so people can sort of see some of those things that you uh you do because i think um, that'd be really helpful for them so carl thanks so much for being on the podcast and uh no doubt i'll get you back on again soon thanks brent thanks for having me thanks for listening to the effortless swimming podcast if you'd like us to help you become a faster more efficient swimmer go to www.effortlessswimming.com